Good morning, this Easter Sunday morning here in April. And uh, this is John Duncan from Living Hope Bible Church, and I wanted to share with you uh, the morning message. But to begin with, I'd like to read you a passage of Scripture that's appropriate to this day. I want to look in Matthew chapter 28 and read a passage here, and I'd like for you to close your eyes, sit back, and just meditate and think about this passage. If you want to follow along, though, it is in Matthew 28 if you want to read along with me, but here it goes. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for the fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. I'd like for you to spend a little time today in meditation and prayer and just reread that portion of Matthew that talks about the resurrection and the Easter time. And uh, I think it's interesting uh, as we look at that passage of Scripture, uh, it ties in really to uh, the message that I have this morning. You know, we've been talking about spiritual wellness and last week. We talked about hearing earlier, listening. This morning, <clears throat> excuse me, we want to talk about, uh, well, what have you read? Or have you read it? Or have you understood it? You see, when we talk about spiritual wellness, many times we have to understand that hearing and reading, uh, they fit together. Because many times as we listen to the Word and listen to maybe a preacher or a teacher, we follow along and we read along, uh, not necessarily out loud, but we read along with them. And it's interesting that as you look at a passage of Scripture, you really find <clears throat> on several occasions Jesus saying, have you not read? For example, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 5, or verse 3, he says, He said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? Or in verse 5, he says, or have you not read the law? How on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless. You see, the question we have to think about in our responsibility of life as believers is, we're going to be held responsible for what's in the Word of God. So the question is, have you not read? We see that Jesus answers questions about topics like divorce in Matthew chapter 19, 4. And, and he also defends the children. If you look over in Matthew uh, chapter 21, uh, Matthew 21 verse 16, the scripture says there, 
And the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now that's verse 9. I'm sorry, go down to verse 16. And it says there, And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? Because they had just previously the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna, the son of David. And Jesus said to the priest there and the people, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise. So we see the importance of reading and our responsibility and what we're held to, held to an accountability to know the Word of God. He also responded in Matthew chapter 22 to the, to the uh, Sadducees about resurrection. If you look over Matthew 22, he says, uh, hold on just a second. In Matthew 22, looking at um, verse 31 and 32, And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by God? The question, have you not read, suggests a major failing that plagued the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and not like, you know, pretty much even affects us today, including Christians. The problem is many do not read the Word of God as they should, and, and that affects their spiritual wellness. So let's raise the question. How well do you read? Now, let me say to you this morning, there are different types of readers. Those who never read, who've never read the Bible or the Word of God, and this includes most of the world. And sadly, some Christians, it's bad enough for people to be biblically illiterate, but for Christians to be biblically illiterate? And then you have those that have read sparingly who may possess a Bible, but only read a passage here or there. This includes most people who have Bibles. The Bible may be the number one bestseller, but it's often the least read book in the world. Then there's those who read selectively. They only read certain parts of the Bible. For example, the Psalms or the Gospels. Such people only read to soothe their conscience or to calm their troubled hearts. And then we have those people out there who read defensively. Who read just to prove other people wrong. Looking for anything that supports what they already believe. And I will say to you this morning, one should not read to prove one's position, but to improve one's position before God. And then you have those who read regularly, who read to learn, to understand, and to obey God's Word. If you look over the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 27 through 34, and this one's for Mark Ball this morning. 
And he rose and went, and there was an, an, was an Ethiopian, a eunuch in the court official of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had came to Jerusalem. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in the chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go and join this chariot. And so Philip ran and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you read? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading, it said, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before the shearer is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him who came to this who came describe who can describe this generation for his life is taken away from the earth and the eunuch said to philip about whom i ask you does this prophet say about himself or about someone else as we look at this we understand the importance of reading and then let's go to act 17 another example act 17 and uh, looking at uh, verses 10 through 12 and the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by the night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. And they received the words with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. And many of them therefore believed with not a few Greek women of high standings as well as men. The Ethiopian and the Berean, the Ethiopian eunuch and the Berean seemed to have been uh, such good readers. They were seeking. They were trying to learn. Now, should not we also be as designating, desi- dedicated to the reading of God's Word as they? So why is it important to be readers like the Ethiopians and the Bereans? There are several reasons. I like to think about understanding the importance of good reading. When we, when we understand this, I, I want to say to you that you know, reading's always been a, a struggle for me. I'm not a natural reader. But I find great comfort in the fact that God continually communicates to us the importance of his word. In Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, he said, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. <coughs> Excuse me. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. On, on his law, he meditates day and night. What's the law? It's the word of God. The, ble- the man who reads the word here, it says, Blessed. Blessed is the man. In verse 3, he tells us, He is like a tree planted by the streams of water that yielded fruit in season, and its leaves do not wither. In all, he does prosper. We see, again, a blessing that's there for the person that reads. All spiritual blessings begin by reading the Word of God. Another thing that helps in, in reading the Word of God is uh, really, it, it, it helps us to understand the importance of being challenged as, as believers. <coughs> Excuse me, for, not, for us not being stagnant in the Word. Look with me, if you will, over in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. 
Verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and a marrow, and discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God helps us with discerning thoughts. The Word of God can be an uplifting uh, spirit of, uh, of life for us, an encouragement. And we understand by this that that, that challenge really helps us uh, to change our lives. And it, it is very effective uh, in working in those believers. And also in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 think it's important to see what the role is in uh, our salvation and our growth there. In 1 Peter 1, verse 23, <clears throat> excuse me, the Bible says there, Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and ab- abiding Word of God. All spiritual life and growth depends upon reading the Word of God. If you're in solitary confinement, one of the most blessed things you could have if that happened would be the Word of God. It's important to experience good, experience good reading and, and to read in order to gain understanding. Deuteronomy chapter 31 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Ephesians chapter 3, as we read, helps us to understand the mystery of Christ and the church. In 2 Timothy, if you want to turn there with me, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. I'm sorry, 14 and 15, it says, Remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only to ruin the hearers. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who needs not to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. The importance of good reading also helps us to Gain understanding. Gain that uh, uh, to maintain, really, our ability to stay in the will of God. By reading the Word and understanding the importance of good reading, we also hope we also have the ability to grow in hope. To grow in hope. Well, how does this happen? How do we grow in hope? Well, I find growing in hope helps us to to really develop <clears throat> patience and comfort in the Scripture. We learn about the grace that is yet to come. You see, reading the Bible sustains hope in this life for the life to come. 
Now, these are just a few of the benefits of God's Word and the importance of being good readers. How then can we, as believers, improve our ability to read? Well, here's some things that help, or at least they help me. We find out, first of all, to improve our really comprehension and reading of the Word. <clears throat> like when you look, <coughs> excuse me, if you will, over in 1 Timothy chapter 4, and look down at verse 13. The Scripture says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, and to teaching. We as believers need to understand that Paul instructed Timothy to do this, and Timothy then passed it on. And we need to read God's Word every day, whether it be a chapter or a few verses at a time. Read the Bible as it was written, book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. So we need to read regularly, but also we need to read devotionally. In Psalm 119, he talks to us about reading and, and meditating on the Word. And you'll find out that his recommendation there is one that is very comforting to us as believers. Look in uh, verse 18. Psalm 18 says, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And then up in verse 10 he says, <clears throat> With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandment. When we read devotionally, we should begin with, begin and end with prayer. We need to read for personal benefit. In other words, we read for our spiritual growth, not to prove other people wrong. Bible reading should be an important part of your day, kind of, you know, a, a very a spiritual sustenance to get you ready to go out. That gives you a jump start at dealing with your day. Steps of Better Reading also encourages us to read with intent. We read to learn. We read to do. In other words, if we take the Word and we hear it, but we don't apply it, are we really absorbing the message that's there? We also read with the intent to teach. Over in the book of James chapter 1, we're not going to turn there, but it says to be doers of the Word and not hearers only. We talked about hearing last week, how important it was. Now we're talking about reading, but we need to take that a step further and to apply and use what we as believers have read and apply it to our lives. We should, learn, we should read to learn what God wants us to do and how to live. It was an interesting story in uh, my uh, pastoring and teaching time period. I had a teen group. It's been a number of years ago. But I had a young lady in our group that was a, a very solid Christian girl. But she believed that uh, you should not mark in your Bible at all. As a matter of fact, she would look at that verse that says, Do not add to or take away from. 
and we all, many times we kid her about it. But I'd like to say to you this morning that uh, your Bible's your tool. And uh, if we want to improve our reading, one of the things we might want to do is to read and mark, use highlighters or find pens to mark key phrases or passages. Because I find this often helps me to focus on the text as I read. But I would say to use whatever helps you to get close attention to the Word of God. Another aspect of good reading would be to read aloud. It's another way to maintain focus when your attention drifts. There are a lot of books that are out there, and they're not the Bible, but a lot of books out there that are supposed to help you to grasp your basic uh, understanding or your basic comprehension of what you read and to improve that. But I suggest to you that, uh, that reading the Word of God and then meditating on it will give you a lot of understanding and will help you with the comprehension. And reading aloud with someone as someone reads or following along is very important. You see, it's an interesting thing that if you read aloud while someone else is, you've increased your opportunity for retention by 100%. That's according to a guy by the name of Jeff Gregory, the World Language Lab Coordinator. You see, when you read silently, you use two parts. You guessed it, your brain, your eyes. But when you read aloud, you use four parts of your body, the brain, the eyes, the ears, and a voice. This doubles your retention possibility. You not only think about the language and see it written, but you hear it and say it. A simple suggestion, one with great potential for comprehension and retention, is to practice this. Now, obviously sometimes when you're by yourself and you're reading aloud and maybe your wife comes in, she might think you're talking to yourself or whatever, but uh, you're, you're not really losing it. Again, it's a way to really connect. So as I think about a conclusion this morning, we've talked about the, uh, the uh, how well to you, do you read in our spiritual wellness. We talked about the different type of readers and the steps to being a better reader and so forth. Uh, ultimately, I want to say to you in conclusion, the Word of God and the words of Jesus are indeed precious gifts. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, that He and His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our paths. The Word of God, as you read it there also over in John chapter 6, verse 68, communicates to us, <coughs> excuse me, the words of eternal life. Do you ever think that one day Jesus might say to us, Have you never read? I mean, think about this. As we sit down and share the gospel with someone, and we might use uh, uh, the gospel plan of salvation. We might take them through Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, or Mark chapter 16, verses 15 or 16, and have them, (coughs) excuse me, follow along as we read that and have them read it. There's a responsibility for us as believers to have read 
what I say is the owner's owner's manual to our spiritual life, the Bible. Have you never read? In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 10, talks about the need to remain faithful, the constant uh, renourishing of our spiritual well-being is through the Word of God, through prayer, through the reading of the Word. Again, going back to Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. But what I want you to think about today is We as believers need to take the charge given to Joshua and diligently apply it to ourselves to all the Word of God. Joshua 1, chapter 8 says, This book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Reading God's Word is a challenge for the believer of Christ. A cha- not, a, not a difficult challenge, not an uh, you know, overpowering challenge, but a challenge for us to stay in the Word in order to enjoy the blessings that you, that God has provided for you and me. And I would encourage you again, as I said a little bit earlier this morning, to take the time to meditate on the resurrection and to remember the tremendous price that Jesus Christ paid for us today. Good Easter, or happy Easter, and really miss being able to be with you all face to face. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for how you've blessed us. And Lord, we think about what you've provided for us as believers what you've done for us as, as Christians to help us sustain our spiritual well-being in our life. We have good hearing, listening. We have the great opportunity of the Word that you provide for us to read and apply to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us in your name. Amen.